0: You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott.
1: Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode. We're talking Utah game gets canceled against Arizona. And look ahead as the Utes hopefully take on UCLA this week. I'm Cameron. And we got Ryan.
0: What's up you nation?
1: And Scott?
0: How we doing you fans? Not very good.
1: It's a crazy time right now. I mean it's been crazy last couple months, right? We're doing our part the social distancing. We are connected through Zoom. But Utah cancels their game against Arizona cuz they don't have enough players to to fill the roster pretty much of scholarship players let me tell you this is what mark hardland said in their release "I said test results included a number of positive cases which put our team below the pac 12's minimum threshold of 53 available scholarship student athletes under the league's game cancellation policy how pissed were you guys that the game got canceled
0: oh my gosh what a blow i mean we're Obviously, we did our podcast last week. We were all stoked. Get down to Friday afternoon. I jump on Twitter. I mean, I just happened to jump on right after the athletic department tweeted out the cancellation. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me.
1: It was devastating. I mean, honestly, I mean, because, right, Utah fans, we have been waiting months and months. For a game to kick off. And we were so close. Just, what, like 24 hours away, right? It it broke Friday, right?
0: It broke Friday early afternoon. So, yeah, around 24 hours in advance.
1: 24 hours and it just all fell apart. It was, I mean, I don't even want to know what the players went through, you know, preparing for a game all week they're finally getting their chances to play and the rug kind of gets pulled from underneath them. And, and I know that with, you know, those those positive tests, I mean, there's a, a lot of speculation and where that there might be some false positives, which is highly likely with this rapid testing um, that they're doing. However, you know, said today they're at the minimum right now of kind of scholarship athletes that they have on roster to field a team. And we're still a few days out from Utah traveling to UCLA and, and, and kicking off to UCLA at the game, getting moved to Saturday. But we know living here in the state of Utah, cases are going up and I'm not pointing fingers at players because I know they're trying to do everything as safe as they can. It's just, it, it's the, it's the world we're in right now. And really, I want to blame Larry Scott for this. This has been a pathetic showing from the conference. Not that the game was canceled, but that the fact that they've waited so long to get games started and now there's not even time to make up a game. And I don't want to hear the excuse of, well, they can try to make something up the week of the Pac 12 Championship game. You know, what if these games have Pac 12 Championship implications and they can't be played? It, honestly, the the leadership from the CEO CEO group and Larry Scott has just been terrible. Scott, before I kick it over to you to get your thoughts on the game being canceled, we could can take a quick break and we'll be right back. Scott, where are you on this?
2: Well, I mean, like uh, like both of you guys, and I think every every U fan out there, Friday afternoon when that broke, man, that was a gut punch, just to be so close to finally seeing the youths take the field again, and And, and to lose it like that, that was, that was, that was hard to take, but in the situation, especially in the last few days, and even, even through today, Kyle Whittingham's press conference, they're kind of shedding a little bit more light on what's going on in the program and really the struggles that they've been dealing with, not just, not just in the last few days, but really through fall camp. And it just it really gives you a perspective that uh, you know this is this is a big deal and 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 it's causing a lot of a lot of problems within the pro get some consistency with guys being off quarantine and being able to practice. Just uh, I mean it's just turning into a, an absolute kind of a mess that that they have to deal with, and so absolutely a big bummer, but. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't even, I don't even know what to say at the moment where we're going. Like, you know, we don't even know if there's a game Saturday. We don't know how many games that they're even going to get in this year. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mess.
0: I mean, I think we're at the point where the three of us still have some eligibility. They might be calling us to, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, kind of going back to what you said, Cam. There, a lot of this lot. has to do with the leadership or lack thereof from the Pac-12. There, there was so many opportunities to get this season started a few weeks earlier and build in uh, slots for this type of this these types of cancellations. I mean, obviously, we saw it the day before with Cal Washington getting canceled. Um, and now we're seeing it all around the country. I mean, Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU is possibly canceling. This is a, this isn't just a Pac-12 isolated thing. This is happening all over the country. But these other these other conferences started early enough that they've got some flexibility. Pac-12, you're essentially screwed. You're, you've screwed yourself, and and the and the universities for from being able to participate in any postseason play because you've gone you've not only gone from a possible seven games to now you're down to maybe four or five games is all you're going to get in
1: Ryan, i think i think you're dead on um and and, you know i kind of got a little fired up um because you're right there's just failures all around everyone knew that there was going to be games that are that were going to get canceled it's happening all across as, as you pointed out But I think this is just another example of the failed leadership of the Pac-12. I mean, we joked about last episode about their great partnership with Pacific Seafood and, you know, all that that Larry brings to the conference, which is nothing. (laughs) But honestly, if you look at his leadership, are we surprised with how things are going?
0: No, I mean, we're, we're, we're 10 years into this and we still have yet to have a direct TV deal.
1: And I'm not trying to put all this pandemic on Larry Scott. I know that's not his fault. I know it's not his fault players are testing positive. It's it, it's across the country. I'm not putting that on him. I'm putting it on him that we're in November and you have four teams in the conference that haven't even kicked off yet. And well, looking I, at this I, week, who knows if they're going to kick off? Go ahead, Scott.
2: Well, I think that's part of the problem is... Everybody knew. I mean, November, December, you're heading into flu season. This is when everyone expected the virus to pick up. And that's when we decided that that's when we're going to start playing football. When in reality, we should have started on time in September, like most every other conference and, and team in America, because then you can get things going, you can play games before the virus really kicks in like we're seeing it right now. So that's that's the biggest thing, is we're starting at the wrong time. And and as a result, I mean, this season, even if Utah plays Saturday, what you fan really wants, no offense to some of these guys, but it's not Utah football if half the team are walk-ons that are going to be starting this game and and that's not fair to these players i mean i i don't know what the correct answer is i don't know do you push forward and keep playing or do you say look this is not worth it we're just we're just we're we're going to punt and we're going to we're going to try and play next season because you're not doing i'm i just can't see that you're doing much good if you're going to go into every game missing half of your players due to quarantine or, or heck even at them having the illness and potentially being really sick. I'm just not sure that's worth it in this, in, in this current situation unless you can get healthy.
0: But how, I mean, how do you get healthy? I mean, this is the only way you get healthy is if you, if you do what you said and you, you postpone the rest of the games until spring when there's, after the vaccine has had a chance to be out yeah. and hopefully be effective in, in some communities. But the rate, the, the rate where it's, it's happening here I, in Utah I, and I, all I, over the <laughs> country, it's, it's not going away anytime soon.
2: Or you just go independent and have no conference that puts any type <laughs> of regulations on you. And it's just kind of a free for all.
0: <laughs> There's that too.
2: I mean, I, I you know obviously kind of make make fun of that and make light of it, but BYU has proven that they've been able to to stay healthy at least for the most part. Obviously, we don't know what, what's all gone on behind the scenes, but you look at they have relatively been able to stay pretty healthy throughout this. And outside yeah, uh, of that army game, they had to it, a lot of programs.
1: So, Sky, I think you bring up a very interesting point. Is if this game is played against UCLA and Utah, as Winningham said, there's going to be guys that haven't really gotten reps at all in, in camp are now going to be expected to play significant minutes and significant reps. So, Scott, I think what if I heard you correctly, you're saying if it's up to that point that Utah should not play this week?
2: Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. My opinion is if... If you've got that many guys, if your ones and your twos and potentially even your threes are unavailable, I mean Kyle said that guys who are getting zero reps are now potentially looking at starting. So it just it just seems hard if you've got that many guys affected. I I don't know how you can put a, a competitive team out there on the field. We were already gonna be somewhat um struggles to an extent defensively with ones and twos out there if if you're at threes and fours and maybe even beyond that i mean it's going to be hard to be competitive and uh, and then what's the point if if that's what you're doing if if you can't get enough guys healthy i'm not sure there's a point to go out and, and play the games
1: right where do you sit on this should Utah play if they if they're still I have a lot of people out
0: yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely hear Scott and 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 agree with him. But I think I think each university is in a tough situation because they they initially agreed to this format. Every university said, "This is this is what we're going to do. We're going to play seven games," and with the understanding that these types of things could potentially happen. So whether you have all your ones healthy and ready to go for this game, or you're down to a bunch of practice squad guys playing, I mean, I think I don't think there's much of a choice unless the conference steps in and just says we've got it's it's not a good product and we're going to postpone all the games. But I don't think the I don't think each university on their own has a choice. I think they've got to step up and play with what they've got.
1: Yeah, and that, that's kind of where I think I, I fall in line with this. I know Kyle in his Monday press conference said that th- there were two position groups that got hit hard. Um, and so I think when you're looking at moving forward, not only is it how many players are in quarantine and have tested positive and then contact tracing and all that stuff, but how does the numbers look by position? If it's the quarterback room and you got four quarterbacks on roster and they're all in quarantine, you, you can't play. You know, if you're on the offensive line and more than half the offensive line's in quarantine because that group got hit, you can't play the game. And I, again, Kyle didn't go into details on what position groups uh, were hit the hardest with it. Um, he did say, though, uh, I, I, and I think the thing that kind of hit home for me is that they have a player. Who was so sick? Um, they were on the verge of getting admitted to the hospital. So I know we're talking about football. So I, I know that's all secondary in the in the grand scheme of things, and the health and the well being of the student athletes as well as as the coaching staff, because we know that there's members of the coaching staff that tested a positive. But taking that all aside, there are games to play, and, and to your point, Ryan, these are kind of the rules that they all agreed to and so if utah has hit is above that threshold and as painful as it might be to kind of see a team with nothing but walk-ons out there it, it it might be the only option we have to see utah play this year okay so i think that was a good venting session for us kind of let all that frustration out um again and we know how important it is for the health and well-being of everyone being impacted by this virus uh, but hopefully, hopefully, uh, we can have some Utah football this week. All right, before we get into UCLA, want to get you know a, a great promotion going on right now with my bookie. Late fall college ball, the NBA battle, and UFC fight island, it's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost. Lightning deals and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boost a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you expect to find if you're in Salt Lake driving all the way out to Wendover. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up with MyBookie, and when you do, use promo code OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's a winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Alrighty, so Utah takes on UCLA this week down in Southern California. The game was supposed to be Friday night uh, with the help of the conference and with UCLA, Utah was able to get the game moved to Saturday. You know, it kind of helps give Utah an extra day, try to get guys back so they they can have a, a game against UCLA. UCLA is coming off a loss to Colorado, forty-eight to forty-two. Uh, there was times they were down, I think by like twenty-one points. Uh, did not particularly look good overall a, a, as a team, um, but. Their quarterback, Thompson Robinson, 20 of 40 for 300 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, He ran the ball nine times for 109 yards. The rest of their team only had 16 attempts for 66 yards. So I I think really with this UCLA team, everything kind of rides and dies with their quarterback and Thompson Robinson. Uh, Three-year starter, super talented. But, I mean, it's UCLA. They really haven't been living up to their potential the last couple seasons.
0: It was. Uh, I watched part of that game. It was a lot like watching them from last year. They'd go through stretches where they just looked horrendous and couldn't do anything, and then all of a sudden they get a spark and they reel off a few touchdowns on consecutive uh, possessions, and they look unstoppable. And then they do something stupid, and they're right back to to not being able to move the ball. I, I think defensively. They they did not look good against Colorado. Um, I think their only hope is to outscore people, which might be Utah's game plan this year too, based on how our secondary looks. But uh, but uh, I mean, based of what based on what I saw Saturday, assuming we have adequate players available, we should be able to beat them.
2: Well, yeah, it's it's gonna be. I mean, it's it's gonna be an offensive fest because they can't stop anybody and if we got walk-ons out there on defense we may not be stopping anybody but it's it's the chip kelly it's the ucla team that we've come accustomed to since we've joined this conference ucla they're they're just kind of more of a bump in the road there's there's nothing more and they're nothing less and i'm Yes, they've got some flashy guys, and they can score some points. But they're kind of meaningless points. I mean, they Ryan, as you mentioned, they were down so big to Colorado. They did they did get the offense going in the second half and kind of made it a game. But it was against Colorado. What did we all have to say about Colorado preseason? Nobody was expecting anything of Colorado. And yes, did their did their uh, um, Colorado's quarterback Neuer, I think, is his name. He looked pretty good, but again, who doesn't look pretty good going up against that UCLA defense? So, you know, it was kind of just two little, uh, it's kind of like your two little brothers just fighting it out, and neither one's going to win, and you're just going to laugh at them the whole time. That's kind of what it's like that game. And uh, honestly, UCLA has done nothing since we've joined the conference to have any respect for. They haven't earned any respect. They don't accomplish anything. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but they haven't. They're just there. They're just part of the conference. That's it.
1: Well, and I think that speaks volumes to the type of program they are. I mean, we saw this off season. It was like the floodgates. Everyone was transferring out of there. And really, I mean, I can't harp on it enough. If you can control Thompson Robinson, you control UCLA. They let Colorado... They gave up over 500 yards to Colorado, a bad to, to Colorado a time. Uh,
2: to, to a young quarterback at Colorado who's never played in a Division One game before.
1: I, I think the key to success. Oh, go ahead, Ray.
0: Well, I was just going to comment on what happened with last year when we played UCLA. But obviously we had a high-caliber defense with a lot of NFL talent on it. But uh, we were pretty much able to shut uh, Thompson Robinson down. Uh, so I mean that's the key. If you if you can contain him, then uh, they're not going to do much.
2: I'll bet you they're going to be able to put some points up on this defense for Utah. Um, again, we're young, we're inexperienced, and we don't even really know. That's assuming that we're, our ones and twos are playing. We don't even know that at this point. So if the game happens, UCLA is going to put some points up on the board. They've got the athletes. They've got they've got some some weapons offensively. Question is: Can they can they do anything to stop our offense um, from either matching or exceeding what they do offensively? And even going in now, granted, I may eat my words on this, but going in, um, even you know, down some men due to due to COVID, I'm I'm really not that concerned, and it looks like Vegas isn't either.
1: Uh, I'll, I'm I'm concerned. I'll admit it, and I think Vegas was only a three point. Utah's only a three-point favorite, um, but where my concern is Utah already has a very inexperienced secondary, and and you don't want to at least have one game on your belt with Arizona. With the inexperience in the Utah secondary, and who knows who's going to be playing back there on with the COVID stuff, but if we assume that they're all there, Thompson Robinson still put up over 300 yards passing. that's That's big, and that has me concerned. Utah was susceptible to the, to the pass last year against USC. And look at the defense, how that was. Now, fast forward to this year with an inexperienced secondary going against a quarterback that just put up 300 yards against a Division One team in Colorado. That's where I'm nervous. I'm not nervous about their defense. I'm not worried about the rushing game. I'm worried about their, their, their throw game, as Winningham likes to call it.
0: Just rain on our parade, Cameron.
2: Well and and as I just mentioned, yeah, I think they're gonna put some points up on the board. Um, there's no question about it, but are they gonna be able to put up, up enough points throughout the entire game to to really offset what we do offensively? You know, I, I wanna see it from UCLA before I'm gonna be concerned. I, I, I mean, I know we, we don't know anything about our program at the moment. (laughs) We don't know who's going to play. We don't know what it's going to look like. And, and for that reason, heck, maybe we do get blown out, blown off the, off the Rose bowl field. But until that happens, I'm not going to be concerned with it because UCLA has proven that they just, they can't do that to us since we've joined this conference.
0: Even in the early days when we still had Mountain West Conference talent, we had some games where we we handled UCLA. Uh,
1: UCLA has has problems that go beyond their football program. Right? I mean, they can change coaches and nothing's changed uh, within that program uh, from t- from top to bottom. The couple of years now under Chip Kelly, and everyone thought that they were going to be the new Oregon. Uh, that Chip Kelly had, and they're not even close.
2: The only thing UCLA really has it going for them right now is they've got uh, apparently an incredible buffet.
0: <laughs>
2: they can they feed their team better than anybody else in the conference. That's literally that's literally the only thing they have going for them. They're, they're spending like ten to one what everybody else in the conference does on like game day food. Which is ridiculous, but uh, you know, hey, you got to be good at something.
1: Uh, before we get into the, into the rest of the Pac-12, I, I do want to say with UCLA, uh, with their kind of fighting with Under Armour right now, I love how they put a patch over where the Under Armour logo is on their jerseys.
0: They did. Well, <laughs> oh, I missed that. Well, that's hilarious.
2: Well, I guess I guess they should have just signed the deal then, huh? <laughs>
1: All right, and before we get into our Pac-12 games for last week and our picks for this week, take a quick break, and we'll be right back at it, talking some Pac-12 football. Alrighty, righty, looking at our Pac-12 pick'em games. your are champion from last year, and myself. I'm up to a great start against you two. I went two and two. You guys went one and three.
2: Wait, going going 500 is a great start?
1: Compared to you guys, <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, I, I I will admit I we we took a flyer on that uh, on that Stanford game, but through through a quarter and a half, I was actually feeling pretty good about things, and then you know, and then Oregon remembered that they're Oregon.
0: Actually, thanks to USC, we that's our only win, and they almost lost. <laughs> <laughs> So
1: let's go over our picks. All right, we all had U- uh, USC. USC was down to ASU with, what, a minute 30 left, and they are able to get a touchdown, an onside kick, and then another touchdown.
0: I mean, that was it's- incredible. They they played well for, really, five minutes of that game, and they pulled it out. But,
2: I mean, you know, yeah, I watched that entire game, and, and ASU outplayed them. But the crazy thing is... USC was inside the five-yard line twice and came away with no points. Mm-hmm. Had, had, had they kicked some field goals, score a touchdown? I mean, then that game is completely different in USC's favor. So that that's what kind of almost scares me, is they kind of slept th- through most of that game, weren't very good, and they beat what looked like a pretty good ASU team in just a couple of minutes. That's crazy to me.
0: I wonder how good she really is, though. I'm telling you, Jaden Daniels still cannot throw the ball. He he struggles if inside you put,
2: the pocket. If you put pressure on him, which we we showed that last year, put pressure on him, don't let him escape, he's not that good.
1: Uh, I think the most important thing takeaway take away from this game is it kicked off at 9 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, I was a fan of it. I liked watching pac twelve football at ten in the morning here in Salt Lake. I don't know if I like it going to Rice-Eccles Stadium at, for a ten o'clock kickoff. But for you guys watching the game, yes, no on nine o'clock kickoffs.
0: I didn't mind it. I, I mean, I was I had to, I was at work and was able just to put it on and watch it while I was working. So from that standpoint, I liked it.
2: No, I, I loved it from a viewer perspective. Being able to early in the morning already get a good pac twelve game. Um, I I absolutely love that aspect of it. I'm what I'm not so sure. And and heck, if Utah goes and plays on the road and it, and it's a nine or ten a.m. kick time, I'd be okay with that. It's the home games um, that I think I, I'm just afraid of the environment. In a perfect world, when we actually can go and fill up Rice Eccles, I'm just not sure the environment's going to be there. Obviously, I don't think know, it. Yeah. You know if, when and if that happens, we'll kind of see, and and maybe maybe it'll surprise us. But uh, I'm I'm afraid it won't be the the typical environment we've come accustomed to.
0: Well, we saw that a little bit last year. We had that uh, 11. I think we had an 11 a.m. kickoff in one of our pre pre con, or out of conference games in the state. Granted, it was against a lesser opponent, which has a lot to do with it, but. There's so many families that have other activities with kids in soccer games and Little League football, and, and that time of day you just can't draw the fan base.
2: Well, and, and Utah's kind of a late arriving group anyways, and yeah. so uh, you know at two o'clock or four o'clock start, you're typically going to have people um, you're just not going to have that excitement at kickoff, unless it's uh, you know one of those a really big game. Um, like it was, uh, Washington when Washington visited Rice I think it was three, three or four years ago. Um, outside of that. Yeah. you just, you don't have that buzz early on in the game, but no, I liked it. I mean, it, it is something that the conference, they need to try some things. They need to get lucky and, and find some exposure any way they can. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was actually a good move so far.
1: Yeah. Definitely watching pack 12, uh, early on the TV. I'm a, I'm a fan of. Uh next game we kind of talked about it UCLA Colorado Colorado gets that win 48-42. Does this change what you guys think of Colorado this season? No. I don't think so. Not nah, me either. Uh,
0: I
2: I I think they're going to be a, a kind of a middle of the road team, maybe even below that. They're going to have some moments. Let, let's I mean, I know this is a new coaching staff, some some new players. But that's how Colorado was last year. They came out of the gates Strong, and 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 we thought, oh great, Colorado's going to be a force, and they didn't end up being that. So I, I, I think they're a year or two away.
1: Uh, and, and before I should have mentioned this, in you in, in the USC game, Utah USC did get scheduled this week 8 30, Salt Lake. Hope it's cold. Hope it's cold. Oh, uh, next man. game, Washington State kind of shocks everybody. They pulled the upset against Oregon State 38 28. I didn't. All of us picked Oregon State. I think the majority of people picked Oregon State. I think Washington came. Washington State came out after the game and said they had to pull a lot of guys because of positive tests, and they still played, and they came away with a W with their new coaching staff. Uh, anyway you slice it, I think that that's a good way for Washington State to kind of kick off the season.
2: Well, in, in Washington State, they kind of dominated that game.
0: They, they dominated were, the line of scrimmage. They were able to run the ball really well.
2: Well, and they and they got a true freshman quarterback who uh who looked pretty pretty good. Um you know I th- I think uh, Rolovich I think he's he's uh, he may be the real deal. I'm glad he's up in the north um because uh yeah they they looked a lot better um than I thought that they would and especially they were dealing with some covid issues as you mentioned Cam. They had a number of guys out and they still were able to do that. So pretty impressive.
1: All right. So that's how uh, I got a one-point or one-game lead. I should have gotten two if Cal would have played because I knew Cal was going to beat Washington.
0: Oh, sure.
1: But looking ahead to this week's game, we're just going to assume everyone is playing. First game we're looking at is UCLA is traveling to Arizona. US, sorry, USC, USC is traveling to Arizona. USC a 14-point favorite. Ryan, it's your week to go first. Who do you got?
0: USC big. Scott? Yeah, dirty, dirty Trojans.
1: I'll go with the Trojans as well. Next game we're looking at Colorado coming off the coming off the big win against UCLA is traveling to Stanford to play the tree. Stanford's a six and a half point favorite. Coming off that tough loss against Oregon, Ryan, who do you got?
0: that mm, could be an interesting game. But being at Stanford, that huge home field advantage. I don't know. I think I'll go with Stanford, Scott.
2: Yes, you know, Stanford, uh, they, they were doing that with their backup quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think I think, I think think they're going to turn around. I think this is going to be a, in this short and weird season. I think uh, we're going to kind of start to see Stanford kind of get back to what they've been doing in the past. So I'm going to trees.
1: I'll go with the trees as well on that one, simply because they are the home team. Next game, Oregon's traveling to Washington State. Up to Pullman, where Oregon's a nine-point favorite. I'm actually surprised. I th- I was expecting it to be a little bit higher. But Ryan, the Ducks or the Cougars?
0: Ah, uh, it'd be interesting. I th- I think. Oh, I probably yeah. I just I gotta go with Oregon. Although I think Washington State might uh, be a little tougher opponent than we initially thought for them. Scott, where are you going?
2: Dag I'll
1: go with the Ducks as well. Impressed with Washington State but it was only Oregon
2: state. Uh, this so this is a very exciting picking. We're we're all picking the same teams.
1: <laughs> uh next game Cal hopefully can get their first game of the season traveling to Arizona State. The Sun Devils are a four-point favorite. Ryan, who do you got?
0: Boy, I don't know. Having not seen Cal play, but I think they're going to be so upset that their game got canceled, they're going to come out on fire. I'm going with Cal in the upset. Scott.
2: Oof. I'll tell you, if Cal wins ASU, if they go zero one and two to start the season, man, that would be a blow. I don't see it happening. I'm going, I'm uh, going Sun Devils.
1: I think I really think this game is is going to be close. Ugh. just because Scott went ASU, I'll go Cal.
2: Oh, I'm tied. I'm now tied back for the lead.
1: <laughs> the next game, uh, Oregon State's traveling to Washington. Washington's a thirteen point favorite. Are we all all taking Washington?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm taking Washington.
2: Ooh, I don't know, man. I don't know what to expect from Washington. Oregon
0: State, well, I don't know. We don't know what to expect from Washington, but Oregon State was not impressive to me. Scott, just pull the trigger. Take the Beavers.
2: Uh, I'm going to stay with the Huskies until until they hurt me.
1: And then last game, Utah's traveling to UCLA. Utah's a three-point favorite. Should we just do the odds of if they play this game, or do we want to do scores?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll keep the tradition going, and we'll do a score for the for the Utah game. All right, Ray. Uh, who do you got, and what's your score?
0: I think I'm I'm going to pick Utah, uh, even though we have not seen them play yet, uh, and it's, I think it's going to be a fairly close game. Um, but I got Utah winning at forty 42- two. 38
2: i think we're gonna see a little jim fossil days where it's just offense 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 and no defense i think uh, i'm I'm gonna go utes 51 oh boy ucla 45
0: that's like uh that's like the uh, just a few years ago with uh the running back who ran for 300 yards. Yeah. Joe Williams. Oh, Joe, Williams. Joe, Williams. Joe Williams. Yeah. That was a high-scoring game. Yeah. Neither neither defense could stop each other.
1: All right. I'm going to go with the Utes as well. I got 35-30. to 30. Hopefully, Utah gets a game this week against UCLA. But most importantly, hopefully, the team is healthy and, and doing well. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter?
0: At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N,
2: Feather and scott yeah you can find me at you underscore forever
1: and you can follow me on instagram and twitter at utah man podcast and our home utahmanpodcast.com. and you can listen to us on itunes stitcher google play anywhere you listen to a podcast we are there and again hopefully everyone is safe out there and hopefully this program is safe and that fingers crossed there's a game this saturday and go youths
2: Go Utes! Go Utes will be tell I die, kai And I hope I don't die of COVID.
0: We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.